Hey, good morning, guys. How's your week going? I know we got more news from the government about restrictions and that type of thing. And uh, hey, let's hang in there. We're all in this together. We're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. I promise. It's got to be. I don't know how your week is gone. I, I've learned to adjust. I've learned to kind of keep in, in step with life right now. Uh, one thing I did this week was I taught myself how to cut hair. So I cut my own hair, went and bought some clippers. I thought about trying to get one of my friends to cut it for me, but then the realization that a pastor shouldn't try to get people to do illegal things. So I cut my own hair. I think I did okay. Another thing I noticed this week, I posted about a meal we had at our house. So I made my family liver and onions. And there was like 50 comments on Amberly's feed on Facebook about me feeding my family liver and onions. And on mine, there was like another ridiculous amount of people. I've come to the conclusion, liver and onions, if they were a politician, they might be like our American friend who um, is so polarizing. Because liver and onions, I noticed people either love them or they love to hate liver and onions. I've never seen such a ridiculous response to hating a food. Anyway, liver and onions will not kill you, kids. It will make you stronger. It might taste a little odd, but you're not eating a steak. You're eating liver and onions. So that's how my week's gone. I want to start the teaching this morning just giving a little bit of recap. We do this just to refocus our brains, remind us of what we learned last week, and just kind of get memory to going. And it also helps first-timers to catch up and understand where we're at. We're, we're in the book of Acts. We're talking about revolutionaries in the early church. And this is a series we're going to go through for a little while. In the book of Acts, Acts 1-8, Jesus gives us in his like nine verses he exists for in the book of Acts, but he gives us the Coles notes of the entire book and at the same time reiterates the mission of the church, our point, our purpose, what we are here for. Acts 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In the message version, it says that you will be seized with power when the Spirit comes upon you. There's a lot of questions when it comes to workings of the Holy Spirit. And we are really going to brush over most of those questions and we'll come back to them. After Easter, we're gonna do a series on pneumatology, on the study of the Holy Spirit and how it really applies to us today. But what I wanna talk about this morning is double agents inside of the revolution. For today, you need to understand that if you are in Christ, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple 
of the Holy Spirit. We've talked in the past about calling and character. Now, when we talk about spiritual things, when we talk about our, our character, it's the stuff happening inside of us that is, that is evidenced with the fruit of the Spirit as outlined in the book of Ephesians. But when we talk about calling, it's the stuff people see. It's the evidence of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit came in power and seized them, seized their, their intellect, their ability to respond, what was happening was they were overcome with boldness. And we see that immediately in the book of Acts. And these, these bold acts, these, this preaching with boldness and, and assuredness of who they were in Christ, it just exploded all over the world. Now, I want to bring it back to us for a second. Sometimes... We pigeonhole people, and we even do it to ourselves. We assume many things based on appearance, based on what church people go to, based on if they go to church at all. We really assume a lot of things. So let's say someone comes along who is less holy than you. However, they experience God. They have an experience with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, everything changes for them. Their experience with God is so profound that people see the difference, the freedom on their face. But you, you have put in your time. You've done everything people told you to do. To be holy enough, maybe not holy enough for God, but holy enough for them to be in their Christian club. You worship to every song, even online church. You're just giving her in the living room. Well, your new friend who has recently come to Jesus, they, um, they're texting and taking selfies of themselves at church during online church. It's weird. They're not paying attention. You studied apologetics for years, and you're ready to argue your friends into submission of Christ. And your friends are reading Bob Goff. You read your Bible 12 times a year, 13 on leap years, and your friend is listening to an audio Bible while they're vacuuming the living room. You don't even buy groceries in October in case you see Halloween decorations. And your friend has a fully decorated lawn. In the 90s, you would have only listened to Petra Praise. You wouldn't have listened to Armed and Dangerous because they're not armed with the sword of the spirit. Your friend thinks that Bon Jovi was an ancient psalmist. You picketed Harry Potter when it came out in theaters with your small group. Your friend has more versions of Harry Potter than they do Bibles. You are invited to the same dinner party as this friend once. You snuck in, in your backpack, grape juice, poured out the wine, filled up the bottle with grape juice. Nobody even noticed. Your friend brought more wine. You get the idea, right? 
you are an internet American evangelical textbook holy Christian. You've got your bases covered. You do all of the extra stuff just in case. You aren't just Christian. You're Jewish too in case Jesus got something wrong. You added all the 600 laws back into your religion just in case he didn't mean to abolish some of them. Then, 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 this friend takes it up a notch. This friend starts inviting their friends to church, to sit in your church, in your chair. They get baptized after drinking coffee in the sanctuary. Your friend goes around telling everyone these truth bombs, as they call them. It's really just day one Bible verses. They're, they're firing out Jeremiah 29, 11 like it's some sort of new revelation. And all of their friends want to be saved all of a sudden. And to make matters worse, one of them comes up to you and gives you a word from the Holy Spirit. You don't want to listen to them because how can they be right with all the other stuff that they're still doing? Because to you, that's not holy. How dare they give you a word from God that was accurate? It's mind-blowing stuff. Remember back in uh, the book of 1 Samuel. Samuel the prophet. Good old Samuel the prophet. So he gives a message to the king. He says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams for rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the lord he has also rejected you from being king behold to obey is better than sacrifice so um when we're trying so hard to impress our version of God, we sometimes miss the boat and we forget about his mission. We put on these straight jackets of sacrifice and we get confused when people want to be free in Christ. Do you remember in the book of Acts, we talked about this a few weeks back, Maybe it was a few months at this point. With COVID, who knows? How our job is really to make it easy on people coming to Jesus. We don't need to saddle them down with all of these extra things. How do we get you to know more about Jesus and to fall in love with him? Oftentimes, as Pentecostals and Charismatics, we reserve claim on the works of the Holy Spirit. The healings, the mystical experiences, speaking in tongues. We often think that we are the only ones that fast. We think we're the only ones that know how to properly pray, how to worship properly, how to really get God's attention by our actions. Somehow our passion will beat God into submission when he's really saying that Obedience is what gets his attention. 
As we go into the story of our revolutionary this morning, might I suggest an open mind to what the Spirit is doing all around us? Even on your behalf today, on behalf of the Bride of Christ, which is the Church, sometimes our box of understanding how things should work limits how God speaks to us and what God is willing to say because we think he isn't talking. Today's revolutionary is someone not on the list of apostles. He's not on the list of disciples. He's not even on the farm team. In fact, it looks like he's working for the enemy, the people trying to suppress Christianity. His name is Gamaliel. Gamaliel. That's a tongue tire. Let's go in the book of Acts to chapter 5. The book of Acts, chapter 5. Now, we're going to read a part starting in verse 29, but you need to understand the context of what's happening here. So, people are being healed by the apostles. Peter is running around and, and giving these profound teachings and people are being healed. People are being healed by his shadow. Just the fact that he walks by them, people's lives are physically changed by the glory of God. Crazy. Then they get thrown in jail. Peter and some of the guys are, are hanging out in jail for preaching the gospel. Then an angel comes and says, oh, I'll let you out. Why don't you go and preach the gospel some more? They're like, oh, fantastic. We'll go preach the gospel some more. So they go out and they go back to the temple and they start preaching. So now they're back in the temple preaching after they got arrested and told, don't do that. But they do it anyway. Now they get taken into the court. They have to appear before the religious leaders of the time and plead their case. These guys just want to kill them. They don't want to hear their case. They're just setting up their, their system so that as soon as they say something dumb, it's like, boom, off with your heads. Acts 5, verse 29. Let's pick the story up there. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead. After you killed him by hanging him on a cross, then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so that people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. When they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, Men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was that fellow Thaddeus who 
pretended to be someone great. But 400 others joined him, and he was killed, and all his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone. Let them go. If they're planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. Gamaliel. He was a very educated man. He actually trained Saul of Tarsus, later to become the Apostle Paul. He trained him how to persecute Christians. He trained him in the ways of the laws of Moses because he was an expert. There was this school called the School of Hillel, and it had this 400-year legacy of being the school when it came to the laws of Moses. Now, he was also the president of the Sanhedrin, which is the, the highest legislative body for Jewish Palestine. He was a man of authority, one of history's most respected teachers of the law. He had a family lineage that also spoke to his greatness in his understanding. Later in Acts, the, the Sanhedrin would also persecute Peter again. But in this instance, dare I say that we see the fruit of the Spirit operating in the life of Gamaliel. As he spoke God's heart to the room and calmed a storm. How, but how could this be? Because he is working for the enemy. He is the president of the enemy. He even refers back in his little speech to something Jesus said in Matthew 15, 14, for those of you who are reading along this week in our uh, New Testament through the year. It, it says this in the Message Bible, uh, Jesus shrugged it off. Every tree that was planted by my Father in heaven will be pulled up by its roots. Forget them. They are blind men leading blind men. Leave them alone. If, if they're just going to do their thing, let them go do their thing. It doesn't have anything to do with you. There's some wisdom. And Gamaliel rewords this, and, and he kind of says the same thing. You know what? What's it have to do with us? If, if it's of God, it's of God. It's going to last. If it's not, it's not going to. Just let them go along on the way, and we'll just walk away. On paper to us, however... Gamaliel is not Pentecostal enough. He's not holy enough. He's not Christian enough. He is one of the villains of the story, or at least he should be. But does the Holy Spirit care about our opinion? Not on this matter. Not even a little bit. All of creation responds to Jesus. Matthew 12, 21, we talked about it last week. The name of Jesus itself brings hope to the entire world. And Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. 
If the gates of hell cannot stand against the church, not even people who don't measure up are going to stand against it. So for you note-takers, note-takers, here's your takeaways. Number one, it's still all about relationship. Worry about your relationship with Jesus and live your convictions. You will be exhausted trying to handle other people's lives. It's exhausting. So Gamaliel only appears here in the Bible. And we don't see his standing with Christ in the scripture. We just get this snippet of the story. In fact, we don't know anyone standing with Christ based on first appearances. We don't know anyone's relationship with Jesus, nor can we judge them. Because a lot of times we like to make snap decisions without knowing what people are going through instead of showing a little bit of compassion. Number two leads out of that. We kind of need to look at everyone as if they are a double agent in the revolution. Who can God use? Everyone. Every revolution has double agents. It's got good ones and it's got bad ones. Judas was a terrible one, clearly. But let's talk about Gamaliel. God redeems whatever he wants to, whoever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Our permission is not needed for who God is going to redeem in our lives. We don't get an opinion. God spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. He speaks through me. He speaks through you, believe it or not. And he speaks through your hillbilly neighbor as well. It is the wisdom that comes from God that we need in our lives that sometimes we don't listen to because of the source it's coming from. Let me ask you a question. Can God forgive sin? The answer is yes. Can God redeem a horrible life? Yes. Yes, God can. God's grace is free. God's grace is available for anyone who repents and turns to him. The maker of the universe is willing to say, if you turn to me, repent of your sin, and start a relationship with me, I'll forgive you. So if he's willing to do that, what is our hang-up? Because when we choose who is good enough and who is not good enough for church, the mission, or even to influence our lives, what we're saying is that our grace is too valuable for someone else. When God says that his grace is free and is available for all of humanity, we're still saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't act like that in my church. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't... I don't approve of your behavior because it doesn't line up with what I read in a book this week. 
the Holy Spirit wants to speak. And sometimes I am so busy wearing the straight jacket of sacrifice that I forget to shed it for obedience. I want everyone to wear a straight jacket of sacrifice. And when I try to force that onto people to act like me, to look like me, to be like me, what I'm saying is that the freedom that Christ brings isn't for you. Gamaliel holds some interesting church history that we didn't discuss. We have what scripture says about him, but like the other characters we look at, we need to realize something. These are real events. These are real people. They land in the history books. There are things written about them that have affected society outside of the church. Why did he go easy on the disciples? Why did he turn his colleagues from wanting to kill Peter and his cronies to letting them go? Why? Because Gamaliel was the double agent. He was one of the greatest rabbis of all time, teachers of the law. However, Christian tradition also teaches that he was baptized by Peter and John. And he continued in his position to help the revolution succeed. Friends, we don't know what God is doing in people's hearts around us. We don't know what he is doing in our society. We don't know what he's doing from day to day. We look at situations like we're in right now with code red and, and it's easing a little bit, but we get frustrated and we're like, how can God be working now? Because it doesn't make sense to me. But let me tell you, friends, God is working. God is building relationship with you if you're willing to listen. God wants to have a communication stream with you through the Holy Spirit that is so profound and mind-blowing that you just need to adapt to it. And so friends, I'm going to pray for you this morning and I want you to make me a promise. I want you to make me a promise today that you will do one thing this week. You will catch yourself before you judge the source of a word from God. Maybe it's as simple to you as a song. You don't like the artist. They're not Christian enough for me. I don't like that church. That song can't speak to me. Maybe it's a version of the Bible. Maybe it's a preacher you were watching on, on YouTube that you don't like. Maybe it's your friend who has rubbed you the wrong way for years, but they're speaking truth and you know it's true. Friends, let God speak to you. God is speaking. He's been speaking through people like Gamaliel. He has been speaking into our lives for years and years. The revolution is going forward. God is on the move. You do not need to be afraid. We do not need to be scared. Even in this time of COVID, we do not need to be afraid because God is doing something. 
He's doing something in Brandon. He's doing something in Canada. God is on the move, and we just need to be a part of that. So God, this morning, I thank you for our church. I thank you for those who connect from from Brandon, all over Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, and, and everywhere else in Canada, and I, even friends in Australia. God, thank you for those people who are connecting with our church. We love you and we, and we praise you for, for giving us this platform during this time. This is amazing. And so God, as we, as we set foot today into this week, as we start our week, I thank you, Lord God, that we have the ability to hear from you. I pray, Father God, that we would not limit how you speak to us, but we would set forward into this week knowing that you're going to speak for us. We're going to be looking for where you're talking. We're going to have our ears open, our eyes open, our emotions ready to hear from you. Lord God, we love you. I thank you for today. We're excited to be part of your revolution, excited to be part of your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, so Pastor Nikki's got some announcements for you. And uh, don't forget the CT at home questions that you could be doing with your family. I will catch you next week.